Good morning. Merry Christmas belatedly. Everybody have a good time? Everybody eat too much? Okay. Everybody fessed up now. Did you eat too much? Oh, never mind. Everybody fessed up. I did. Um, had a great time. The Lord was good to us. Talked to my son. He's over in Washington State somewhere, you know, the other coast over there. And they're all doing well. My grandsons, granddaughters, everybody was there together, all huddled up. So we uh, had a great time. In Psalm 96, it says, I call to praise God. And I think that it's something we should do all the time. If you looked at the Sunday school lesson this morning, it talked about love. We should love each other. We should love God supremely, but love your neighbor as yourself. And I think that's important. Uh, and we talked about it in Sunday school class. I love everybody. I love youngins running around here all the time. They, they don't bother me. I uh, love petting them and giving them cookies and sweets and crackers and send them home with y'all. <laughs> Get that sugar rush. But a call to praise God. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Given to the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people, given to the Lord glory and strength. Given to the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring offerings and come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar in the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the world would rejoice before the Lord. For he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Everybody pray. Lots of people that are still sick and need a touch. Uh, A lot of people that are still traveling and they need uh, traveling mercy. So let's be and pray for them. Kind Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise your holy name for this opportunity to come before you this morning to praise and worship you, Lord. Lord, we're thankful that we can gather together as a people, worshiping you and loving you, calling on your name, Lord, for help, calling on your name for healing, calling on your name, Lord, for protection. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. We thank you for this joyous season. For those you have blessed, Lord, we thank you for those that have to work today. Pray that you will be with them and keep them and strengthen them, Lord. They can't be here because of other obligations, but Lord, pray you will be with them. For those that are traveling, Lord, that are traveling mercy, we pray you will continue to have your angels run about them. Bring them safely into your kingdom, Lord, and bring them safely into the house. Let them be here next week. We pray that you will lift them up and keep them. Lord, help us today to make a joyful noise unto you that it will be pleasing unto your ear. Touch the pastor that he would say the words you would have him to say that we can take them and use them this week for thy glory. We ask all this in Jesus' holy, precious name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you. Amen. Let's go right back into worship this morning. We're going to sing some old songs of the church. We're going to sing one that's kind of a little bit older, but some of you older folks probably remember this in the old Church of God convention books. 
the song simply says, come on and praise the Lord. And that's what we have to do today is praise the Lord. I know we're getting ready to be in 2022, but we still have a right to give God praise because he got us through 2021. Amen? Amen. Let's worship the Lord this morning.
Lord, we welcome you in this place today. We know that it is your spirit that moves within this place today. So, Lord, we ask your spirit to be welcome in our midst today and make your presence ever so real and known. Lord, we welcome you here today. In Jesus' name. So holy.
Lord, and I will bless the Lord. Oh, I'll bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all within me. Bless His holy I'll bless His holy name. I bless His holy name. I bless His name. I bless His holy Oh, one more time, I bless His holy name. I bless Your holy name. Oh, are you thankful to the Lord today? You may be seated just for a moment. Let me just tell you, we sang today about praising the Lord. We sang today about He answers prayer. Give you a little background story here. It's a good-looking crowd, but let me just read you the list of people. Jamie, Ben, and Haley, the Triggers family, Sister Barnes because of her brother, the Wyatt family, we miss them today. Brother Larry normally plays our drums, and Sister Jennifer normally is singing on the praise team and plays the sax. They're traveling. David and Amber Fultz, Sandy Burks, Brother Mary and James had to slip out to work. The Emrines are sick. Sister Ann Krause, the Coker family, Christina and Jamie Coker, is out today as well. Brother and Sister Ard are not here today. That's a lot of people not in the house of the Lord today. But he's still done great things. Last time I checked, most of you were here this morning, so obviously you didn't bankrupt your piggy banks for Christmas because you had enough money to put in the gas tank to get to church. So he's done great things. Some of us in 2021 weren't sure if we were going to have a job when this was all said and done, but we're still here, so he's done great things. We're still here. You could be in a hospital with some folks that I know right now that are sick and battling uh, health issues, and there are probably some people that know of people that have COVID that are homebound or maybe even in the hospital. You could be there today. You're not, so I guess we should realize he has done great things. This past week, uh, I was given the privilege of a conversation with uh, Chris and April. They'd been looking for a house for a while, and the last time they were looking for one, it just things didn't work out. So I texted them for Christmas and just said, hey, I hope you and the girls have a good Christmas. To which the reply back was, hey, Pastor, God's been good. We're closing on a house in January. You're going to tell me God doesn't answer prayer? He answers prayer. You don't believe it? Brother Ray Godin sitting back here in the back just about two and a half weeks ago. We were sitting at King's Pizzeria for a Christmas party. And we were talking about the Christmas season about, a, oh, I don't know, probably about a month prior, standing right over here uh, at Sister Faye Huff's homegoing service. Sister Jeannie said, Pastor, you need to pray for Ray's children. One of his children is in Japan, and it's not looking like they'll get out. Now, we want them to come home for Christmas, but, you know, they're shutting things down and things like that are happening. And she said, you know, I don't care if they get here and they shut it down and they can't go back, but at least like them to get them here first before they shut it down and go back. And so I said jokingly, I, I kind of calmly said, oh, I'll pray about it. I'll pray they shut it down the day after they leave. Y'all, that was a joke. I was just kidding about that. I apologize to y'all. That's my fault. That's the reason it happened. They got in here and y'all know what happened? Lo and behold, they shut the borders. They can't get in or out, but they made it to South Carolina before they got out and stuck out there. 
So whether we like to admit it or not, God has done great things. He has done great things. And uh, for all of you first-time guests, I know Brother Ray has uh, a lot of his uh, children, grandchildren. He's got a whole row over here. Brother Dennis and Sister Dale are about to get booted off their pew and to another location in the church. They kept growing. And, uh, and others are, are visiting. Brother Mike and Sister Glenda are here. God bless you. Those watching online, can we welcome all our visitors and online uh, campus today, watching online today? We had quite a few watching earlier. I know Sister Sandy was on, Sister Ann Krause was on, um, and others were on watching today, keeping up with us. You know, we are blessed. We have people watch us from Oklahoma to Florida, Texas, all kinds of places. So the word of the Lord's going out further than just South Carolina. And that is something also to be thankful for because without technology and God blessing our church to be able to afford that, those folks wouldn't hear the gospel today. But there are many people being affected uh, by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I am thankful for that today. Let me also say to you as you get ready to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I want to do a couple housekeeping items. First and foremost, if anybody in here has kids in kids' church, take them home. Don't you leave them with me. I am not a sheltering or a boarding house. I believe the old, I believe in the Old Testament principle. You leave them at the house of the Lord, we let them stay here until we come back to church. They'll just live here. I got goldfish and juice. They'll survive till you get back. We got them covered, but they won't go to the parsonage with me, I can promise you. But uh, if you have kids today... Please go sign them out when you leave today. Make sure you take the ones you brought. Don't take somebody else's. Take the ones you brought. My philosophy is around here is you can talk to everybody in church. You can take more home with you if you want to, but don't leave with less than what you came with. They better be in your car when you leave. So make sure you get your kids today. Those that are watching online, don't forget you can also always download on the Google and the App Store the app called Our Church. And under that, search the name Santee Circle COG find out all of our information you can also go directly to our website santycirclecog.org watch all of our services know all of the events that's happening on campus all the stuff that's coming up if you like a service if you don't like a service it doesn't really matter but subscribe to our google and apple podcast make us think that you like us and you're listening because it makes us look better on the internet people think oh wow that's and they'll start downloading it too so uh make sure you check out santy circle cog on google and uh, Apple Podcasts. As always, multiple ways to give to the house of the Lord in person and the offering boxes in the front and as you leave the rear of the auditorium. Envelopes, you can mail them, 1211 North Highway 52, Monks Corner, South Carolina. You can use tithe.ly. It is an app that you can just do off your phone and just simply put Santee Circle COG in it. Or go online, santeecirclecog.org backslash give and it'll walk you through the steps. For many months, we have been collecting tithes and offerings in wooden boxes. We will continue to do that. But starting in January, we are going to give you the opportunity because some folks forget, they don't remember, and they don't know about the offering boxes. So we're going to have designated in service a time to give tithes and offerings. If you give them ahead of time, so be it. But we're only going to take three to four minutes. Let those that may have forgotten an opportunity to keep you safe. We're not going to pass it or down the aisles. But we're going to have two ushers that will be up here with the offering bags. The Bible says that you are to bring your offering, hello, anybody read their Bible, to the storehouse of the Lord. So we're going to let you bring it to the front, about 30 feet or so from your pew, give or take. The point to be made is if you can't do it, send one of these young whippersnappers sitting beside you. They'll come up there and uh, just make sure they put it in the plate, not their pocket, but make sure it gets here. 
uh, for that. So, uh, but, but we will be collecting tithes and offerings in multiple platforms. Also, don't forget, today we're still continuing, and la- next Sunday will be the last Sunday as we are taking up special offerings for the tornado victims in Kentucky and Tennessee that has wreaked havoc in that area. Devastation. I mean, that's just one picture there of all the devastation. That was a community. That was literally a whole subdivision that's just gone uh, there in Kentucky and in the Tennessee region. Uh, We'll send one check through the Church of God World Missions and make sure that these folks get blessed. So make sure if you do give on your tithing envelope or however you give it, make sure you mark it as tornado relief or tornado victims or whatever so we can make sure this Sunday and next Sunday there'll be offering bags in the back. We'll have two uh, folks standing back there holding the offering bags to collect that as well. Let me say as you are turning again to Romans chapter uh, number 12, Romans chapter number 12, let me say to you today that how much I am immensely thankful for all you did over the Christmas season. Most of you probably received a text message from me or a phone call uh, that gave gifts last Sunday, whether it was on a card, whether it was a gift card, whether it was a gift, um, everything from goodies and desserts and cookie trays to Uh, gift cards to ornaments to you name it you were a blessing as a whole body you blessed uh, my family and I with uh, an honorarium uh, for Christmas and and it it is humbling Uh, I couldn't do what I do without you if you don't come I'm preaching to an empty pew it is not the same and uh, so I uh, am grateful today for you for that and I want you to know from my heart how much I appreciate that today. Sister Tana, I don't think I put the Roman scripture in there in Romans 12. You may have to pull it up through the Bible app. Romans 12 will begin in verse nine, verse number 9. If you have it this morning, Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 9, if you'll stand for the reading of God's word. Uh, I was The pastor was lazy this week. I didn't come in the office as much as I normally do, so I didn't get it all in the system appropriately. But they're getting to pull it up there for you, Romans 12, verse 9, and we'll read down to verse 18. Romans 12, verse 9. It'll be there in just a moment on your screen. But if you have your Bibles, you can look with me there. Romans 12, verse 9. Let love be without dissemination. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence fervent in spirit, rejoicing and serving the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Those of you that have been here a long time, you know we got a phrase around here with hope. Hold on. Pandemic's in. Hold on. Problems in. Hold on. Pain ends. Hold on. God's promises are eternal. You'll get through it. Rejoice in hope. Patient in tribulation. Anybody been through tribulation in 2021? (laughs) Boy, I tell you what, some of you may still be there now. But here's the, here's, the, here's the mantra to remember. But continuing instant in prayer. Don't forget to keep talking to God about it, though. You might be in tribulation, but make sure you talk to God. Distributing to the needy of the saints, giving hospitality. We have that ministry, OWL, Outreach with Love. Bless those who persecute you. That's hard to do sometimes. And curse them not. Rejoice. With those who rejoice, cry or weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind to one 
toward one another. Do not let your mind be set on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own eyes or own opinion or own counsel. Verse 17. Repay recompense to no man. Evil for evil. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't get even. I know people like to get even, but it don't serve you any purpose to get even. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Verse 18. Here's where I want to focus today's message. If it all be possible, as much as lieth or dependent, some translations will say depend on you, as much as possible, and it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Don't live at peace with just the people you like. Learn to live in peace with everyone. We've been talking for the last few weeks on a series called The Characters of Christmas. I'm going to finish this message today talking about this subject title, The Pursuit of Peace. The Pursuit of Peace. Heavenly Father, I pray you would bless the reading of this word. Help us not only to be hearers of this word, but doers thereof. I pray that you would speak to the men and women that are under the sound of my voice this morning and let your word go forth and accomplish the task that it was sent to do. We will forever give you the praise, the glory, and honor that is due your name. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray. And the people of God said, Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, It's a very familiar passage of Scripture that many of us have heard quoted a lot. For unto you is born a child. He is a son that is given. The government government will be upon his shoulders. He will have names like Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. But the very last name he is given in Isaiah 9 and 6 is a Prince of Peace. We are living in a world right now where pandemonium is at an all-time high. Global pandemics, unrest in the economy, inflation on goods and products because cargo ships are stuck out in the sea. Gas prices fluctuating up and down to alarming rates. People's jobs in flux. Not sure if they're going to have a job. Not sure when they'll get that little pink slip that says they don't have a job. People begging for workers but can't find anybody willing to work. Come on, somebody. That's good preaching. See, our world right now is in pandemonium and chaos. But can I tell you, Thousands of years ago at the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the world likewise was in pandemonium, in flux and chaos. People were traveling frantically trying to get to the cities to be accounted in a census as the world was being taken at the time. Nobody had time for a baby to be born in the middle of this chaos. In fact, when they tried to go find a Motel 6 or a Red Roof or a Holiday Inn Express, they couldn't find even a Roach Motel to stay in. In Bethlehem. Now some of y'all, y'all's version of camping is a bad hotel experience at like the Econo Lodge or something. See, some people don't understand what it's like to live like that. But see, Jesus on his birthday couldn't even find one vacancy, one, one room in a bad hotel in town. 
It was so bad that an innkeeper felt so sorry for them. He tells them they got some kind of barnyard in the back. They stay in a barn full of animals. Smelly cows and donkeys and sheep and goats. and I mean, those of you that's ever been on a farm, the barn doesn't normally smell like, you know, pumpkin apple spice lattes in there. You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all are those Starbucks drinking people. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It don't smell like cranberry, apple spice, or whatever y'all spray in your houses with your... You know, some people look like little Buddhist temples. They got 14 different scents of candles all over the house trying to do, I don't know what they're doing, making an ambiance or atmosphere. They got more Yankee candles in there than anybody. They don't even need a light. Lights, the, the, the candles make enough light for them. But as much as they're burning, they didn't have that in the stable, y'all. It wasn't exactly, you know, the most clean place. This, this wasn't going to pack DHEC standards. <laughs> this wasn't going to pack. Uh, pass uh, the, the specs of cleanliness of the day. Yet in the middle of chaos, in the middle of pandemonium, in the middle of a mess, even in somewhat, in, in some respects, even in the middle of filthiness, the Prince of Peace made his arrival to this world. Romans, the Apostle Paul is on a Journey. He desired so hard and so long to get to Rome, to encourage the church at Rome. But Paul would never actually make it to Rome until it was time for him to die. He didn't even get to enjoy his visit to Rome. But he writes this book that went to a church in Rome that we call Romans. And he tells them, he says, guys, listen. I want to tell you what it means to be a Christian. I want to tell you what characteristics it's like to be a Christian. A lot of Bibles will have on their header on the top of verse 9, behave like a Christian or, or characteristics of a Christian because Paul is trying to tell the church how we're supposed to live in a world of uncertainty. See, we all know that New Year is approaching. We know that by next Sunday morning, it'll be January 2022. A new day is dawn. A new year has flipped on the calendar. Every year, people make resolutions. They're... Uh, most keep most keep most people keep their resolutions about about as good as people trying to still fit in the same jeans they wore prior to Christmas dinner. It never works out that way. Some of y'all got a whole new wardrobe on December 26th. You're going to get a whole new wardrobe tomorrow because you tried to button pants this morning that don't fit no more, but they fit on Thursday before you had Christmas on Friday. I know how that works. Y'all had more pound cakes, and there's a reason it's called pound cake. <laughs> it adds. It keeps going up. You see, many people make resolutions. In fact, statistics say that most people will break their resolution 32 days after making it. You know, the resolutions I've heard people make, oh, Pastor, this year I'm going I'm to pray more. I'm going to read through my Bible, the whole book, the whole Bible in a year. Oh, I'm going to go to church more faithfully. Oh, I'm going to give more to the church. Now, some folks, Sister Beulah kept those. But I'd probably be scarce to know how many people made promises to God in 2021. And here we are the last Sunday of 2021, and we hadn't fulfilled the promise we made in January of 2021. There's a lot of people that make these great ambitions, these great goals, but they never follow through with them. The top five resolutions in 2021 were these. More exercise. Lose weight, save more money, improve diet and health, 
Pursue career ambition. Let me tell you how that's working out for the world. Gym memberships are down because of COVID more than they've ever been in history. People are weighing more because of quarantining than they ever have in human history. Most people have not been able to save money because they haven't been able to get money. Most people's health and diets have been circumspect, but there's been a rise in high blood pressure, diabetes, and congestive heart failure in 2021. And people pursuing career ambitions, they don't want to work, so how can they have a career? Hello. So resolutions don't always work out so well, do they? But my concern is for the church, and I'm not talking about this specific property. I'm talking about the universal church, and I'm not even talking about just church of God. I'm talking about all walks uh, of, of, of faith in terms of Baptist and Methodist and, and all of our other Christian Protestant uh, 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 members of the faith. There's a lot of people that make promises and bargains and resolutions with God, but they don't follow through with what they tell God they're going to do. The Bible says it is better for a man to not make a covenant and agreement with God than to make a promise to God and then go back on it and not keep it. It's better for you not to say anything than to promise him something you don't plan to keep. The last part of the Advent season is what we are going to cover today. We started, we talked about, we didn't go in the order that you normally do for Advent, but we covered the four corners of Advent season. We talked about the joy of the Lord with the birth of John the Baptist and Zechariah and Elizabeth's journey. We talked about the love of God with the birth of Jesus Christ to Mary and Joseph. We talked about the, the expectation or the arrival but with Simeon and Anna and how there was a hope given to the world that Simeon waited for 112 or so years to see the promised child and hope was restored. Hope has a name. But today I want to talk about the peace of God. Because there's a lot of people right now, they don't need another good sermon. I know, that kind of hurts a preacher's heart that most people don't want to hear him anymore. I actually told somebody just yesterday, when I was finishing studying, I was talking to them, and they said, you had to study on Christmas Day? I said, yeah, I said, because most of them at least need somebody to be talking while they sleep, so I need to have something to say so I can put them to sleep tomorrow in church, because it's kind of awkward to fall asleep in silence. They like it better when I'm talking. But the point to be made in all of that, is the fact that most people don't need another sermon. They've heard plenty in their lifetime. Most people don't need to hear another good song selection or a good singing. Most people don't really care how great the musicians are, oftentimes. Most people don't need that. You know what this world needs more than anything else? Peace. Because we are in the middle of divisive natures. We have a divisive country right now. The church is in opposition with each other. There's division running all over rampant in this world. People can't get along. You've got the vaccinated, the unvaccinated, the mass, not the mass, the church, not the church, the government, not the government. You've got too much people on different sides of the fence. What we need is for the peace of God, if at all possible, in terms, the Apostle Paul said, as it depends on you, live at peace with one another can I say to you I can't help what Joe Biden does yeah I know I called his name I'm going to be censored on Facebook but I'm not here to make friends I don't care I can't help what Kamala Harris does I don't care if Nancy Pelosi speaks doesn't speak I don't care what she does she can go get more Botox for all I care I don't care what she does but I can tell you one thing I do care 
It breaks my heart to see the church of the living God falling victimized and prey to all of those things. They're falling prey to the government. They're falling prey to the things of this world. That's how the devil wants it. He wants us to be confused. He wants us to not know what's going on. But the church was the one that was supposed to not be confused. We're supposed to have a spirit of discernment. But yet we're falling prey and victimized by the things of this world. How can the world find Jesus? And how can the world know how to make it to heaven if we can't get along with one another? We're trying to tell them there's a better way, but all we're showing them is a more divisive way. They don't want more drama. They got enough of that in their family. They don't need more struggles. They got enough of that in their own lives. They're looking for answers, and yet all we're giving them is false hope. In fact, most people go to church Looking for answers. The bad part about this is we're not giving them the product that we advertise on our church marquees. We say we're a place of faith. We say we're a place of hope. We say we're a place of joy. We say we're a place of peace. We say we're a place that you can find answers. But when they come, we give them a false product. It's like buying something off Amazon that comes from China. And when it gets here, it ain't not what you ordered. And then you try to refund it and send it back, and they tell you six weeks for it to get back and get your refund. And you're like, for this fact, I, I'm not just saying it ain't worth it. I just, that was a dumb idea. People come to church looking for answers, but then they see us mad at one another, not talking to one another, not shaking hands or elbow bumping or fist bumping or waving or smiling. They see us in pandemonium, and they think to themselves, why would I want that? Why would I want to serve that? Why would I want to go to that? Why, I, my life's better than that. Why would I want to suffer like that? See, we give them false hope. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, we are introduced to some characters of Christmas. These gentlemen were sitting on the backside of a Judean hillside watching some sheep, just chilling out, chit-chatting, Watching all the sheep run around, grazing in the grass. It's about nighttime. They're all sitting there, probably some kind of oil lamp for light. They can see the lights of a city off in the distance, but they're obviously on that hillside, so they're not in the city square. I don't know exactly, Brother Corey, what their conversation was out there on the, sea, on the uh, uh, hillside. But no doubt they might have been talking about the census that had been taken. Maybe they talked about how the world was in flux and the Romans were in control and putting pressure on the nation of Israel and, and just making taxation at an all-time high and making it difficult to pay your taxes. I don't know exactly what they were talking about. But in Luke chapter 2, while they're sitting there carrying on a conversation, we are giving a beautiful picture. Here's what the Bible said. And there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel of the Lord said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy to be to all people. For unto you, I just read it to you in Isaiah 9 and 6, For unto you born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be the sign to you. You will find this babe. Wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I.e., don't go look at the hotel, start looking in the barns. And suddenly there was with the angel the multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass, the angels were gone away and into heaven. 
The shepherds said one to another, Let us go even now unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is to come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste. They didn't walk, y'all. Here's the problem. Can, can I just, can y'all just give me five minutes to just preach for a second and then I'll get back on task, I promise. People come to church like it's, uh, uh, let's see, how can I say this? Because I don't want you, I want you to come back next week, so I don't want you to get mad at me. So I want to say it and sugarcoat it so it sounds better. Um, people come to church and make it seem like it's some kind of obligation or pulling teeth at the dentist office without Novocaine. People, people treat coming to church like it's a drudge. Sunday. Do we have to go? Honey, don't you think don't you think God will understand? We don't have to go today, do we? Can we use a call out? I know we're not on staff, but can we call out? Yeah, see here's the problem, that. I want to know are you gonna call out on Monday too with the same problem? Come on, somebody. Most of us ain't calling the boss on Monday morning saying, I don't, I, you know, today just ain't, I ain't just feeling it today. I ain't coming in. No, we get up and go Monday to Friday to the office because we're getting paid. But because we're not getting a stipend or a check or we're not getting something, come on, somebody. As long as I'm getting paid and I'm getting something, I'll go. But when the payment stops, I don't want to go no more. People come to church when they're getting free iPads handed out by the pastor at Christmas or gift cards. People go to homecomings because they're getting free food they didn't have to cook for. People go when they're getting something. They just don't like to come when they're not getting anything in return. That's the mentality of our, of our world. People be all the time begging for this, begging for that. They're, oh, God bless you, thank you. But then when you don't give them something, they want to turn their back on you, curse at you, and tell them you're no fit for the kingdom. They don't like you when you stop paying them stuff. The, the shepherds didn't go, oh, God, we've been sitting out here all night with these sheep. We are tired. God, do we have to go to church? Do we have to go look for I'm sure the baby is sleeping. Mama's probably feeding him right now. Well, we'll go tomorrow. Y'all okay with that? We'll go tomorrow. Okay, we'll just go tomorrow. No, no, that's not what the Bible says at all. The Bible said they came with haste. They didn't wait. They didn't think about it. It was like second nature. They picked up their stuff, sheep or no sheep. Good or bad, whatever you want to call it, they didn't walk to Bethlehem. They didn't take their precious time. They didn't take a shower. They didn't go up back and get a little Bethlehem cheeseburger on the way by and stop by Walmart and pick up the extra can of hairspray because they forgot it and they didn't get another curling iron because it wasn't working properly in the field and battery-operated flashlight to navigate. No, they came with haste to see Jesus. It would behoove some of us to reconnect and rekindle that fire and love for God again that when Sunday rolled around, we got up out of the bed, we had the coffee pot already going, and we said today, rejoice in the Lord always again. I say rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made, and therefore I will rejoice and be glad in Him. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. But that's not how we live. It's not how we like it. And when they saw it, they made known abroad. When they had finished this, they told everybody about what they saw concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at the things which these shepherds were being were telling. Mary kept all these things in her heart and pondered them. The shepherds returned, I'm assuming to their field, glorifying and praising God for all the things which had been heard and seen and was told to them. Simultaneously while this is happening... 
over and about Iran and Syria and Iraq area from the eastern side of Jerusalem. There's a, there's a group of astrologers looking at the stars in the sky. Now it takes them about two years to get there, but they also see something special. In fact, according to Matthew chapter 2, you can go back and read the uh, account of the Magi or the, the account of the wise men. The Bible said, and when they saw the star, they rejoiced with, not just joy, they weren't like, oh, beautiful star, well done, God, well done. No, it said when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. That meant they could not, they were like, wow, I have never seen a star like that in all my life. In fact, we got to go find out what that star means. They were after a pursuit of knowledge. Just like the shepherds made their way to a manger to find the Prince of Peace, there were wise men that would, were willing to make a two-year journey across desert sands to try to find this babe incarnate, wrapped in carnality and flesh because they knew that when God enters into a world, the world is going to be changed by His presence. You cannot stand in God's presence and not feel the effects of Him in the room. So here's what I want to tell you today. There's a couple things you got to understand about peace. Both the shepherds and the wise men were perplexed at what they saw. They couldn't believe it. They couldn't believe what was happening. They couldn't believe what they saw. It sounded too good to be true. A prince of peace? The Savior? The Messiah? He's going to rapture us and take us out of, out of this bondage we are in with Rome? But they could not rest until they were given answers. They wanted more information. So they, both of them, after being perplexed at the star and the angelic host, both the wise men and the shepherds came up with a plan. The shepherds said to one another, Hey, y'all, I've been sitting in this field many, many years, and I ain't never had no angel choir come out and sing to me on Christmas Eve. I've never seen that before in my life. So there's something special about this. They looked to one another and said, let us go into Bethlehem and see this thing which they are talking about. Did you notice? Let me go back and read this to you. Born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. He did not give them directions. He just said, it's in Bethlehem. You find him in a manger. I'm sure there was more than one barn in Bethlehem, y'all. Didn't matter to them how many barnyard doors they had to knock on. They weren't going to stop till they found the, what they were looking for. It would be good for the church of the living God to stop praying short, fasting short, going to church short. We should be praying more, fasting more, and attending more. We should be in an all-out pursuit to find God and not quit until we find where He's at. Some people don't get their miracle because they stop too short. Some people don't get their answer from God because they prayed a prayer too short. We cannot give up. We are living in the last days. It is not time for us to get tired and grow weary and well-doing, but it is time for us to get a second wind, a second fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, and run this race that's been set before us and finish well what God has started in us. They came with a plan. The shepherd said, let's go to Bethlehem. The wise man said, we got to go follow that star. You see, to travel over two years, 
with camels. You got to navigate. You got to have a plan. You can't. They didn't have GPS back then. It wasn't like they could just see exactly how long this is going to take. And Google's going to say, oh, by the way, there's a palm tree down a quarter of a mile ahead. You might want to navigate around that. They didn't have that back then. But can I tell you, God did have a GPS, though? He did. Did you know that God was actually the original founder of GPS? He was. Right there. See that star? It was GPS. It was God's positioning star. Because remember, let me quickly tell you, remember in the book of Exodus, when they left bondage of Egypt, Sister Beulah, the Bible said there was a cloud that covered them in the daytime. And at night when the deserts would drop to ridiculously cold weather, Brother Andrew has served in our military and has been, he could tell you all about how it can be brutal hot in the morning, you'll freeze your behind off at night. But there was a fire at night to keep them warm. But remember what the Bible said. When the cloud moved, they had to be ready to pick up camp and go. When the fire moved, pack up camp and go. God is still in the GPS business. He will put a global positioning system, a God's positioning star in your life. The Bible said when they saw the star, they rejoiced in exceeding great joy. Can I tell you that in 2021, though it may be closing in 2022, you don't have to walk in it blindsided, not knowing what's ahead, not knowing what's going to happen. I don't know what Omicron's going to do. I don't know what COVID's going to do. But I can tell you one thing I know for over thousands of years, there's still been a God that's been in heaven. He's still been sitting on the throne. He's still the great I am. He's still the sweet rose of Sharon. He's still the Savior and Redeemer of the world. I don't care who goes in in 2022 at the midterms. I don't care who sits at the White House. They're not going to throw God off the throne of the Son of David sitting high above heaven and earth. I can tell you, you can walk in 2022 with the peace of God in your life because God is still in control. You can go in peace. They come with a plan. So you got to understand something about these wise men. They were priests of a religion called Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrianism. It literally was the study on that day of the stars. They also, Zoroastrianism was kind of a little bit like monotheism in terms of that they believed that there would come a day that good would triumph over evil. Well, ain't that what the Bible says in Revelation? The devil will have a field day for a while. And there is sin, there's pleasure in sin for a season. But God will finish it and he will be the one victorious in the end. They were priests, studiers. They mapped out, they followed their gut, mapped out a plan for the arduous journey to follow a star that they said, we've never seen anything like this. 1 Peter 3 and 11 says this, let every man turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it thereof. Even the Bible tells us we are to be men and women of peace. Hebrew 12 and 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. Without it, no one will see the Lord. Listen. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. Without it, no one will see the Lord. God said if you can't get along with each other, you can't go to heaven. Hello? Bombshell. Tweet alert. You can't go to heaven if you can't get along on earth. Go ahead and tweet that right now. Say, Pastor said, you can't go to heaven if you can't get along on earth. And you can hashtag 
Pastor Jonathan Vaughn, Santee Circle. See, I don't care if they heard me say it. Because I don't know how you're going to be next door neighbors on streets of gold and you can't even speak to your neighbor right across the street. Come on, somebody. Boy, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. I need a shirt that says that so I can wear it one Sunday. Because we can't speak to the neighbor next door, but we think we're going to live by people on streets of gold and be next door neighbors in heaven. You can't get along with people down here. You certainly ain't going over there. They made a plan. They knew something was different. The Bible tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God. We have to pursue God. We also understand, though, that in all of this, both the shepherds and wise men, they found their purpose. Can I tell you when the peace of God reigns in your life, you'll discover God's purpose for your life too? Because once you start walking in the peace of God, God will navigate for the steps of a good man and woman are ordered of the Lord. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make known which path you are to take. See, the Bible is very clear. When the peace of God reigns in my life, I will discover the purpose God has for my life. We all have a purpose. For I have plans for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope in the future. God has a purpose for every one of us. The wise men followed science. They fulfilled faithfully the office of the priesthood. But even though they had family and friends... They were willing to put that all aside because they had discovered there was a greater purpose than what they were doing. Serving as a priest in Zoroastrianism and serving as a priest in the local community, they knew there was a greater purpose. Can I tell you, you might work at Honeywell, you might work at the local uh, restaurant, you might work in the local retail, you might serve in the military. And while I am thankful for all of you and your jobs that you have, there is no greater purpose. Your purpose is not in Honeywell. Your purpose is not in the military. Your purpose is not in medical your purpose you might say well pastor that's what I do and I find purpose in that no that's a vocational calling but can I tell you that as a child of God your purpose is not what you do for a living God might use that for your purpose but your purpose is to glorify and to magnify the Lord Jesus Christ by the way you live by the way you act by the way you conduct business God might use your job but your purpose is to be a child of God that's your purpose now you might have a good job you might work in the military or work in medical or work in a restaurant or retail. And you can use that as a mission field to show people Jesus Christ. But at the end of the day, that's not your purpose because jobs come and go. Income comes and goes. But God remains the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So everything I commit into His care, God's never lost it. God's never going to forget about it. God's going to protect it and keep me until the day of His return. 2 Corinthians 13 and 11, be complete, be of good comfort, be of, good, of one mind, live in peace, and let the God of all peace be with you. You see, I can tell you right now, the wisest thing any man, woman, boy, or girl can do today is still seek after the Lord at all costs. It doesn't matter what it costs you, seek the Lord, find the Lord. The Bible said, seek the Lord while he still yet may be found. Draw nigh unto God, he will draw nigh unto you. There will come a day you'll look for him, but you won't find him because it's too late. You see, God has a purpose in everyone's life. You have to discover what that purpose is, but God does have a purpose. But can I tell you that we also can hold on to the promise of God? See, while we know there's a purpose, everybody, Herod had a purpose to kill the babies and the wise men, the shepherds, they all had purposes. But there's a promise. 
The shepherds were told, For unto you born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That was told a long time ago in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It was already prophesied he would come, and God was fulfilling a promise he already had given. If God said he's going to do it, I don't care if you see it in this lifetime or not. You can die and go sleep the sleep of death and be at peace when you go to sleep in death. Because if God said he's going to do it, whether you see it or not, you can know he will complete it. Well, he saw, he who begins a good work is faithful to complete it until the very end. He'll make sure it's done. The wise men found the star. They followed a star that led them to the star of David, the star of stars, the wonder of wonders. See, many men in your lifetime and women, they can promise you the world, but only God is a only God is someone who has never broken a promise He's given. No matter how much you love your spouse, they're gonna hurt your feelings at some point. Some of y'all argued on Christmas Day. Well, I know I'm not stupid. I was born at night, but I wasn't born last night. I know one of y'all. What y'all told, somebody probably in this room told their husband or wife, don't buy me a gift. We're going to do all the kids. I don't need anything. Don't go out and buy some frivolous thing I don't need. We got too much junk in the house as it is. We don't need nothing. And Christmas morning rolled around. Kids, and it's like, oh, honey, I got you a little something. Game changer. Well, I didn't buy you nothing. I told you, told you, I told you I wasn't buying, we weren't doing gifts. Well, I know, but I saw that y'all know what I'm talking about. It happens. Some of y'all argue with some child because some little person got a red scooter and the other one got a blue scooter, but the one that got a blue wanted a red one and the one that got a red wanted a blue and now they're fighting and swinging at each other and you're like, shut up and sit down! Just ride the scooter! See, we all have times where in our lives, men, women, children, we'll break our promises, we'll, we'll hurt feelings, but God is the one when He says something, He does it. He doesn't break His promise. Sister Carol, as you make your way, Matthew 5 and 9 says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Remember what I told you, this babe incarnate? Remember what I told you in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6? It said, He'll be the wonderful counsel, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, but He will be called the Prince of Peace. The Son of God, the Prince of Peace. God said, Blessed are those that are peacemakers. They will be called sons of of God. God thinks that being people of peace is a pretty special task that he's willing to give you royal uh, access, if you will, or grant you royal access into a family you were not born into. The promises of God. But there's one aspect that I want to finish with that we have to remember. They just didn't receive the promise, but they went out and praised the Lord for the promise when it was over. The shepherds went and told everybody about what they saw. And I read it to you. The Bible said when the shepherds returned, they returned praising and glorifying God. The wise men, they show up. About two years later, find Mary and Joseph and this toddler Jesus in a house. But they came prepared to worship him. They knew the star was different, but they came prepared. Can I tell you, you shouldn't just worship when you show up here at Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. You should already have prepared your heart for worship before you ever walked in the building. Don't expect Sister Sherry or Sister Jennifer or Brother Randy to get you to praise the Lord. You should have been praising God before you showed up here. And out of what you've spent with the Lord that week, there should be a manifestation of your praise as we join our praise together to uplift the King of all kings. 
Here's what happens. How do you know, Pastor, the shepherd? I mean, the wise men were prepared to worship the Lord because they brought gifts to him. That takes preparation. Most of you went and bought your kids or grandkids gift. You might have used Amazon, but you still had to get on there, research the product, put your credit card information in there, make sure UPS said it'd be there in time for Christmas, had to go out to Kohl's or had to go out to JCPenney or Belk or Walmart, and buy. it took planning. The problem is nobody plans about church. Nobody on Saturday, I don't say nobody, very few people on Saturday night lay out their clothes expecting to go to church in the morning. Hello? They just walk in the closet at the last minute, throw something on and walk out the door. Very few people probably pray on Saturday night, God bless us tomorrow when we get together and worship together. No, Sunday morning is one of those things like, oh, do you want to go? I don't know. Do you want to go? I don't know. How you feeling? I don't know. How you feeling? Uh, they had it online. You think we could just sit here and watch Pastor online, drink our coffee? He'll never know we're eating fruity pebbles and our cor- and our hair rollers are still in. And I haven't brushed my dentures yet. We'll be all right. He won't know. Hello. Some people don't want to put the effort of getting up, taking a shower, and shaving to come to church. Some of y'all don't even have that much to shave. It wouldn't matter. God's not interested if you're in a three-piece suit, but He is interested if your heart's prepared for His arrival. Have you planned for His arrival? The wise men show up, they bring three gifts. Now, we don't know that there's three wise men. We just know three gifts were brought. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But they had very distinct reasons they brought these. The gold they brought represented that God, the, the baby they were seeing was a king of all kings. He was deity. He was a God you cannot compare to. A God you cannot contrast. He is the supreme author and finisher of the faith. He is the king. Not a king. The king of kings. They brought gold to represent his divinity and kingship. They brought frankincense. Frankincense was a perfume. It represented Jesus being our high priest. In fact, the writer of Hebrews says, There is now a mediator between God and man. That is Christ Jesus our Lord and the order of Melchizedek. He is our great high priest. God's our high priest. Jesus Christ is our high priest. It represented him being the priest that would go and pray on behalf. The Bible said in utterance and groanings, when I don't know what to pray, the Spirit of the Lord will pray on my behalf. God will speak on my behalf. Then they brought him myrrh. Myrrh was a death spice, a burial, an embalming spice that they would put on dead bodies. Myrrh represented that this baby was also wrapped in carnality. He was as much human as he was God in this moment. He would die. He would be buried, but he wasn't going to stay there very long. Now, I know we're not in Easter yet, but I just want to give you a spoiler alert. The tomb is still empty today. It's still empty today. You see, Hebrews 13 and 15 says this, Therefore, by him, Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks forever unto his name you see Christmas was and still is about Jesus Christ being the Prince of Peace and the peace speaker today we still need to follow his example mend the broken areas of our lives and become agents of peace in fact God thought it was so serious that when he described the armor of God he said make sure your feet are shod with the gospel of peace you know that's denoting that denotes movement. If my feet, 
If I'm putting on the shoes of peace, that means I'm walking somewhere. What the Apostle Paul is saying, everywhere the soles of your feet touch, denoting movement, everywhere you go, even if there's unrest and dissension, everywhere you go, try to make sure peace abounds wherever you are. Make sure wherever your feet touch, you become an agent of peace in that situation. Can I tell you today, we still need the peace of God to overshadow us and to rule our hearts. So here's what I'm asking. Those that are joining online, God bless you today. We're going to sign off with you today. We love you. We're praying for you. We hope you'll join us next week for service. God bless you. For those of you in-house today, there's still a peace speaker. <laughs>